You're listening to Spirit of the Cosmos, otherwise known as the main theme from Ages of Etheria. This is actually unreleased, and it was composed by Austin Wintory.
What's up, BG Maniacs? Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, he is the host of The Movie Bar. Every month with the dyad, it is Bedroth. Yeah, what's up, man? I am back two weeks in a row. Look at that. Two weeks in a row, just like a couple months ago when we uh, when we went back to back on this particular theme that we tend to do usually once a quarter. But this year we're sneaking in a couple extras. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for a for a similar similar reason as last time a couple months ago, because we have yet another pair of uh, composer showcases back to back. Yeah. And if you missed it last week. Go give a listen to our longest episode to date. Confirmed. We were talking yeah, about man. it while uh, while we were recording that episode and, and how long that audio was. And I knew, right, there would be some silences to get rid of and just some stuff that didn't quite need to make the cut. And even with all that removed, we still still hit over two and a half hours, I believe, if I'm remembering the runtime. So definitely the longest episode to date. Alberto Jose Gonzalez. I doubt you're still listening, but if you are, thanks again, man. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. It was very cool of you to uh, to retweet and uh, share the show and everything. And yeah, just that was that was cool, man. It was a once in a lifetime thing. I'm really excited to uh, to have been able to do that. Can cross that off the bucket list. Yeah, we're going to try to keep doing that uh, more often than not. I, I would love to do that every time we have a composer appreciation episode, but we know that's probably just not going to be the case, as today we, we don't have an interview to go along with this, but that is okay. Well, maybe one of these days if we can get some more clout, you know, with uh, with some some support from our listeners. <laughs> yeah, let them, let them know, right? Spread the word about BG Mania. It's still growing, man. I mean, the show's, show's doing fantastic. It's I have no complaints on our download numbers, on our listenership, on the engagement. Oh, we don't really get engagement. I guess I have complaints on the engagement. Engage with us more. Talk to us more. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have complaints on engagement. <laughs> I know it's like it's like I always say when I when I'm spouting off random information and I'm not sure I have it right. Please at me on Twitter. <laughs> Everybody's like, don't at me. I'm like, at me. I want your ats. <laughs> I know you're out there. I see the numbers. I know there's but really, I quite was a few just of trying you. to give you a nice segue into your opening spiel. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel good today. We'll get into that. In a I minute, know, man. I <laughs> Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers. See what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Zanku. Yeah, See, I'm a thanks, bit, guys. I don't think I'm under the weather. I don't think I am, but maybe I am. I might just be like having a really the weather's bad kicking case of the allergies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. It's been, I know I've said it, maybe not on this show, maybe not even on any show, but I've said it somewhere that we haven't gotten a lot of rain recently in my neck of the woods. Like usually in Ohio, you know, we, we get a pretty good rainy season, a good stormy season with some awesome thunderstorms, maybe even a couple tornadoes here and there. But this year has been relatively light. Got the air from the Great Plains blowing in and meeting the air from the Great Lakes. I imagine that would be which is colder. A pretty good yeah. recipe uh-huh. for that. That's in North Texas. We have the the coming down from the plains and even some from the mountains, from the Gulf, meeting from up the with Gulf, the Gulf Stream. Yeah. yeah, and so we get some gnarly weather here. Uh, we haven't really had a lot of rain either, though, for the last few months. So. 
Global we actually warming. had a couple of storms <laughs> in the last few weeks, and I actually had to mow my yard for the first time in like three months. So oh, wow. it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we still we still mow the yard here, like, not as often as we used to have to, like maybe every other week or so. But um, the past three days has been just really rainy and dreary and kind of gross outside. And I have a feeling that has taken its toll on me. And I, and I, yeah. like I said, I think it's just allergies, but I don't know. I could actually be getting sick. I mean, it is quite possible because it's hard to lift my head. My arms don't want to move that much. I, I feel zero energy radiating through my body, but we're going to get through this. Yeah. I, uh, I'll do that the best I can. Really similar to what I was dealing with. I actually, even though I work from home, I had to take off the afternoon on Friday because I just, I, I hit a wall and, um, I'm pretty sure that I, I had COVID because my, uh, daughter, not not Shukaba Dusk, was home with COVID all last week, Uh-oh. and she's doing fine. Um, and I was okay after just a couple of days of really getting my butt kicked by that. Uh, after that, I was okay. Uh, still managed to squeeze in a recording of very good music, uh, one of our last four episodes. Go so check it out. I listened to it earlier today. Today, as of the day of recording. Yeah, thanks, man. And um, it, it was a lot of fun. And I actually, on Twitter, I... Uh, uh, posted a shout out for uh, recommendations for the topic of the next episode. And if you want to check that out, you can go to my Twitter or you can go listen to the episode or both. <laughs> yeah, do both. Why not? Why not both? <laughs> and yeah, so uh, and then actually yesterday I was feeling better. So I went out and speaking of yard work, I, I mowed the yard and uh, started cutting down some uh, dead bushes that we have in the front yard. And do you guys have chiggers up in Ohio? Yeah. Oh, man. Those things I, suck, dude. <laughs> that's literally, yeah. That is what is kicking my butt tonight. I am itchy in places I just forgot I had. I forgot how bad chiggers can be. And <laughs> yeah, it's because after I mowed the yard, I was sitting down in the grass to cut down those bushes. Of course, in the grass clippings I had just cut and they crawled everywhere. It's yeah. Yeah. Anyway, nobody wants to hear about that. We're here to talk about a much, much more appealing topic. Oh, we're not, the theme isn't chiggers today. Damn. I need that, to repair. I need to reprepare my list then. That would be a tough one. Maybe arachnids, but not chiggers. <laughs> yeah. Today we're diving into another composer appreciation and coming off of the excellent episode that we had last week with Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Uh, it just kind of worked out that we, are doing another composer whose name also starts with an A. And yeah, it's like we're going this week, order my first name. <laughs> yeah, this week we're doing Austin Wintery, who also going from a classic retro composer to a very modern voice in the VGM. Very, scene. very modern, and you're going to hear that on the show today, right? Like a lot of what you're going to hear is really theatrical and and really like mm-hmm. you know you you can tell he has composed for more movies than he has for video games, and that's yeah. okay. Like I'm a big fan of Austin Wintory, so much so that I, I do consider him one of my favorite composers of the modern era. Um, I don't have him on my Mount Rushmore or, you know, Masters of EGM list or anything, but I do think he's one of my favorites in terms of composers over the last decade or, you know, 15 years or so since he broke into the scene. But a lot of that is because his music is really like it, it borders on emotional, but it also borders on a lot of romanticism as well. 
Yeah, um, you definitely get a lot of that. And a lot of what is in um, film score is actually inspired by some of it's by um, early modern stuff like Gustav Holst had a, had a huge impact on film score, but a lot of it comes from the Romantic era, which predated Holst and, and the early modern era. It, Holst kind of straddles the line between the Romantic and the modern, and that Romantic period is where they had a big emphasis on melody, they had a big emphasis on... Um, you know, certain motifs being played back up where you have like a, a musical sort of like maybe a run of notes or something that gets used repeatedly. Uh, a lot of operas in the romantic era that definitely influence things like Star Wars. And you, you get that a lot in a lot of film score. And Austin Wintry, just from what I listen to, which I'm excited to talk about that probably after our first block so we don't run too long here up front. I'm excited to talk about my experience coming to this episode. Cause yeah, I know you were really real excited. You were excited. Yeah. for this particular episode because you aren't super familiar, I guess. I mean, I know you know who Austin Wintry is and I know you've heard a lot of his music, but it's not somebody that like is, is at the tip of your mind, right? When I, I'll talk about this more when we come back too, but I feel like I know Austin Wintry as a, as a composer better than I know a lot of VGM composers, but I know his music very little compared to the work of a lot of other composers because he has such a presence in the scene. He's really done a lot to kind of bring VGM into the like public sphere and make it more of a talking point and I've listened to a lot of his podcasts I've read interviews with him and stuff and so I know a lot about about him but not as much about his music and so this was a lot of fun for me yeah so we'll get into a little bit about Austin Winery here before the break but I do want to talk about that opening track which was my first pick of the episode and that is Spirit of the Cosmos, which is the main theme for a game that would have been called Ages of Etheria, <laughs> but Ages of Etheria never came out. This so was this actually canceled. This would have been a game. Yes. Ages of Etheria was a fantasy MMORPG being developed by Elysian Productions. Uh, Elysian Productions, if I look them up real quick, because I know I've heard that name before, but you know. They actually don't have a presence online anymore, so that means. Oh wait, wait here. Oh, that's just a that's just a three sixty five thing for Office. That's not at least that's not Elysian Productions. But, <laughs> I found the album on his Bandcamp, and he doesn't he doesn't mention the game, which is why I was like, huh. But he mentions that uh, this is all music that he wrote as a teenager while he was at, at, in high school in Denver, and so he apologizes for how cheesy some of it is and how derivative most of it is, but. You know, derivative is such a that's a touchy thing because everything is derivative because there's nothing really new. Everything is based on what we have taken in and like turned into something else. And maybe this isn't as quote unquote original as some of his later stuff. But for for a kid in high school to compose something like this is just incredible. Uh, What what I'm excited to look into and you can get this disc on Bandcamp for four dollars. So it's a yeah, uh, it's it's, not expensive. It's a good. Yeah, Th- this actually Spirit of the Cosmos is actually apparently three movements on the CD and it totals uh, over 20 minutes of music. So what you heard is just kind of a, a teaser of a much longer piece of music that I'm excited to listen to later when we're done. And he actually started writing and conducting for the Cherry Creek High School Orchestra at the age of 16 when they were doing performances of this Spirit of the Cosmos pieces. 
And it did say here two years later at the age of 18 when he conducted the Utah Symphony during its recording of Cosmos, which became one of his most popular projects for the time. Although he refers to it as atrocious garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're always our own worst critics and our our older selves are definitely always the worst critics of our younger selves. But yeah, MMORPG, this game is actually listed on there. Uh, It did never come out. Um, It it did get canceled, but it was set to be in a world of interaction, of promise and advancement and of intense action where the player could live and thrive in a virtual place unlike anything they have experienced before. Etheria was a world of powerful warriors, scholarly scribes, colorful jesters, menacing wizards, and hustling merchants. It was a world where the savagery of the Middle Ages was present along with all of its risks. It was a world where the resulting rewards fostered epic stories that bards would sing for years to come and that scribes would write about for centuries. Um, there is like cool. no other information on this game if you look <laughs> it up. It just, it just doesn't exist. They do have a website, um, agesofetheria.com, but it is all in Japanese. And if you go there now, it is a motorcycle appraisal website. <laughs> so well, the, how long ago this <laughs> yeah this was back in like the you know early 2000s right when this was scheduled to come out and i want to assume that when they were developing this game they might have just reached out to him and asked to use what he had already done for this spirit of the cosmos as the main theme because this was just meant to be the main theme of the game what we're listening to here so i wonder if maybe that's the case so I actually did see the album on his band camp is Spirits of the Cosmos. So uh, the the other tracks on the album are not related to Ages of Etheria. It's just um, at least according to. So this is just maybe I don't have any actual evidence for this on Wikipedia. It says Ages of Etheria 2002 theme only. And the fact uh, there is a track, though, on Spirits of the Cosmos called Ages of Etheria. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know. (laughs) Maybe the Ages of Etheria theme is what is here on the album and the other stuff was unrelated somehow. But but whatever, man, it's a great piece of music. It is. And you could definitely hear like with that description from MMORPG, right, about being set in the Middle Ages, kind of during that Renaissance period, um, you know, middle like medieval fair type stuff. You can hear that in this yes. track. And and I, I say that every time we listen to a piece, it sounds like this. We just talked about it last week with that uh, Otto Fonten. Was that the name of the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that then. Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah. So and, I just it's I freaking love that sound. That he said it was derivative because I've heard medieval music that is a lot more derivative than this. Like this has those medieval ideas, but it doesn't just sound like, you know, uh free you know free use medieval music like you'd find on youtube or something like that um i assume that you picked this to start with because it is his first listed game credit 100 percent. all right yeah 100 percent. that was the only rhyme and reason behind that because you had said that uh, you had a good closeout pick which i agree with because it is also the longest track that we're going to play on the show today um Oh, so man, I, I just, can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> I took the it's, opening it's and I thought, what better I, way? I to. What yeah. better way than just the first thing he ever did in, in the gaming scene? So we'll just start with that. But before we kick to your block, let's just give a little background on Austin Winery. So he did, you already mentioned he grew up in Denver, but at the age of 10, he was addicted to film music, which is kind of why so many of his compositions do sound very theatrical in nature. And after teaching himself to compose, uh, orchestrate, and conduct in high school, he did go on to study classical music at NYU and USC for his college years. So that there's a lot of, you know, 
could have probably fit in that classical episode we did or you did. Yeah, a, and uh, definitely going to tip my hand a little bit when we talk about my last track of the episode. I'm, I'm definitely going to be talking about some classical stuff. So good, good. And I do want to mention that um, the what did I see here at the age of. It doesn't say what age he was, but when his score came out for Flow, which released in 2006 on the browser PS3 and then eventually would get ported to PS4 and Vita as well. I think it also came out on PSP. That soundtrack was very well received, and it was actually the one that made him the youngest composer ever to receive a British Academy Award nomination and also won him a wide variety of other game industry accolades, including the Game Audio Game Audio Network Guild's Rookie of the Year Award. Yep. And we're not playing and, anything uh, from Float today. Definitely a, a harbinger of things to come, as I'm sure we'll talk about in one of your blocks later on. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten, dude, so many... You know, awards, BAFTA awards, mm-hmm. Grammy nominated. I mean, he's, I don't think he's won a Grammy, but he is Grammy nominated, um, yeah. which is pretty freaking cool for a composer. Definitely. And especially for a video game music composer. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was a good, chunky, meaty opening uh, discussion. So, do you want to jump into uh, our first block of the show, which happens to be your first three picks? Definitely. And our first track is going to be from a series that's probably going to be familiar to a lot of people. Um, I have not played any of the games on our list tonight, so <laughs> uh, I won't have a lot to say about the games themselves, but I've played a lot this of this first track. Yeah, I'm sure that you have. So I'm going to let you, you carry the weight on that one. You said you were letting me kind of take the wheel last week. I'm, yeah, you know, I like to ramble, so it'll probably just be more balanced this week when I attempt to let you uh, say more stuff. So. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay with but it. Yeah, I don't feel our, good, like I said. Yeah, yeah, our first track is going to be from Assassin's Creed Syndicate. This was released on October 23rd, 2015, and we're going to listen to Top Hats and Sword Canes. Next, we're going to listen to Bellified's Tarantella from Tooth and Tail, released September 12, 2017, composed once again by Austin Wintry. 
Rounding out this first block, we're going to listen to Can't Resist from Monaco, What's Yours is Mine, released April 24th, 2013, composed by Austin Wintry and featuring Laura Val on vocals. Closing on me, the bounding of my heart rings through the night. Can feel my blood sizzling when the forbidden touches my fingertips. I can't resist. takes over flowing from my spine to Right, coming back from that short and sweet first block, we're first going to be talking about top hats and sword canes from Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I yeah, man. So love this soundtrack, <laughs> man. Like I was telling you while we were listening to this, I, I am already a pretty big fan of the Assassin's Creed series. Now, I will admit that some of them are way better than others, right? Like Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 are really good, and then 3 sucked. Black Flag was good, and then the middle ones were kind of bad. Like Syndicate, it was an okay game, but it was the one that had all of the memes around it when it came out. If you remember, like the like character models not actually rendering in the game, and all you would see is like the eyeballs and like the insides of the face. I don't know if you remember seeing all those online back in the day, but I didn't. But man, that, that was that this one here. Wild. It was no, it was like Nightmare <laughs> Fuel, man. It was crazy. But the game was buggy as hell. But and then, of course, the more recent ones like Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla are are really freaking good. But I really enjoyed outside of the buggy gameplay, outside of just, you know, the game feeling unfinished in certain states. I really loved the setting because Syndicate took place in Victorian London and that's a big reason that even though Assassin's Creed 3 gets a lot of hate, I still enjoyed like the setting and the lore of 3 because it was, you know, the the revolutionary war yeah, period, revolutionary 1700s war. of of the American Revolution, which really I'm, disappointing I'm a that it was big fan of. not 
yeah, that was it was a disappointing game because honestly, that's the setting I would be most interested in. Yeah, so. that was always my stuff in in high school and college. Man, I was a big history nerd, and I guess kind of still am to an extent. But um, the revolutionary period of of North America is is one of my favorite time periods, like that you know seventeen hundreds period, and I guess even a little bit sixteen hundreds and early eighteen hundreds, but mainly seventeen hundreds. But this is probably my favorite Assassin's Creed soundtrack. Just I mean, it has a lot to do with Austin Winery, but just the the setting and the kind of way that it borrows from that time period or, you know, everything that goes into that time period, it really made this one stand out. Yeah, I was really intrigued coming into this because most Assassin's Creed music, I mean, there's there is really good stuff, but a lot of it just kind of by virtue of the type of game it is, is more more ambient and it's this is maybe maybe ambience not the right word but it's not as melody driven as a lot of the vgm that i usually gravitate toward and really a lot of the music we're going to be listening to tonight just because of what type of composer what or what type of thing types of things winter uses usually composes for is not going to be that type of music but this soundtrack had it was really lively that was the word that kept coming to mind i usually when i approach listening to um you know research for an episode especially a composer showcase i do a really deep dive into like all the soundtracks and everything uh wintery's discography is so long i had no hope of doing that on back-to-back episodes but i did end up listening to a lot more of it than i than i really intended to i just would put on like a full album while i was working and kind of listen to it in the background and with uh, Assassin's Creed I went back and forth between a lot of tracks and this was one of the last tracks I picked for the episode because it was it sounded unique compared to a lot of the other stuff that that was here and the title I mean the title is perfect uh, top hats and sword canes it just it gives you a feeling of like what you're dealing with in this particular Assassin's Creed game but it also fits the sort of dangerous and yet playful feeling of this track one of my favorite tracks from the syndicate soundtrack and I'm sure you'll know it when I when I tell you it it's give me the cure which is oh, yeah. kind of yep. like a, a Broadway, almost Sweeney Todd type sounding song. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really close. Yeah, that was on my short list. Like I told you, if you hadn't picked anything from Syndicate soundtrack, I was going to pick something and it probably would have been that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, this is just it's really cool. It's cool that he got to jump in um, onto the franchise. Um and it, but you can tell that he really spent a lot of time on the music itself. Uh, he actually said in, in one of the places that I looked around for this music, all this stuff is on Bandcamp, so it was probably there, that um, even though this was like a big AAA franchise, very different from some of the other stuff that he's known for, like Absu and Journey, uh, it's one of his, like, really, it's one of his most personal soundtracks, he said, and he put a lot of himself into these songs, and you can really tell, listening to it, how much love was put into it. Oh, yeah. No, I think this is a great soundtrack, um, and I do know that when the later DLC came out, he actually didn't, because this one, again, being set in Victorian London, the DLC kind of uh, revolved around, the first one was like Jack the Ripper related, and when that one came out, uh, Bear McCreary actually composed the music for the DLC, which is kind of cool. 
Very cool. Very cool. And this was a relatively short track. I think I might have been trying to balance out the big eight-minute finisher that we've got coming, <laughs> but with uh, with some shorter tracks for most of my other picks. Uh, my next one was also pretty short, but also you know lively and fun. Definitely a different feel. Talking here about Bellified's Tarantella from the Tooth and Tail soundtrack. Now you said Not this is tooth one and of the nail. games. Right, not tooth and nail, as I tried to say a couple of times when I was introducing it. <laughs> you said this is one of the few games on the list that you actually have not played. Correct, yeah, this is one that I, I haven't played. I'm familiar with it because it's from the same studio that actually worked on the next game we're going to talk about from your block. Literally yeah. the same developers. But this one I actually have not played just because there are some games in the RTS genre that I enjoy, but I don't tend to gravitate toward many and especially ones that are just like one and done like Tooth and Tail was. Um, I mean, I mean, I play Civilization, you know, I, I do like Civ and I was a big fan of Warcraft and Starcraft back in the day, but that's pretty much the extent of my real-time strategy love, if that makes sense. So I don't tend to just pick up everything in the RTS genre as it comes out, but I really like this soundtrack and it's one that from Austin Winery, I'm not super familiar with. Yeah, this one was really fun. It's... A lot of it was kind of either not really ambient, but like film score that was film score that underlies the action where you can imagine in an RTS game, you're going to be on this map for a while. And so you might not want something that's super distracting or super exciting because once that starts to repeat, it's going to get old. So you want something that's either going to build and have this sort of sense of, of looming danger as the battles get harder as you go through, uh, which is what a lot of the soundtrack is. Um, but there are also some of the, the ones like this, and I feel like this must be a character theme. Um, it sounds like something that would play under like a character introduction or a cutscene to kind of show you what this character is like. And this has a real kind of piratical, uh, playful feel to it. And I think that's what ultimately why I gravitated toward this track. Yeah, it's a little different than everything else we're going to hear on the show today, especially as we get into my block coming up here as I as I focus on one franchise and, you know, one track from each game in the series. Um, this this definitely stands out from some of the other stuff we're going to hear on the show today. Yeah. And this one, again, it's a little fast. I say again, kind of like one of our songs last week is why I say again, this is a little fast for a waltz, but it is in that six, eight time signature which it is, yeah. is maybe where some of that piratical feel comes in because you hear that a lot in the 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 da 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 I mean just like yo ho yo ho a pirate's oh, life for me yeah. it's in that same same sort of it has good that same rhythm to it yeah good correlation mm -hmm. between so, those yeah yeah so this was um this one was a lot of fun and there's not a whole lot. This one, this whole album, you can actually get... Oh, no, I was looking at the next one. Uh, this one is also $4, and it's a pretty extensive soundtrack. There are 23 different songs on this list, including one that it looks like was composed by Darren Korb. So that's fun. Oh. Um, but yeah, so this is a cool one to look up. Uh, definitely had some fun listening to this soundtrack. But yeah, speaking of... Um, I guess collaborations this next track that we're listening to uh, features I believe this was actually a friend of Wintry's if I remember from the video that uh, that I watched 
when I when I first heard this because uh, I again I listened to a lot of full soundtrack videos and most of those were actually from Wintery's own channel and so he would have comments coming up on the screen as the songs played and I should have written them down I didn't but um, this features a friend of his named Laura Val on vocals and just really jazzy loungy fun stuff talking about can't resist from Monaco, What's Yours is Mine. Yeah, I love that. I mean, obviously you nailed it right there, jazzy lounge type stuff. And while I don't listen to that genre a lot, when I do hear something that piques my interest that has that sound, I fall in love with it. And yeah, I'm a big exactly. fan of Monaco's soundtrack. I mean, I know we've played at least one, maybe two other pieces of music from the soundtrack in the past on this show, but every time you, you know, you pull up something from the soundtrack, it's, it's generally a good time. It's really well done. And this soundtrack, uh, was also a lot of fun to listen to. I ended up picking this one because it showcased how Wintry is able to write for vocals really well, which is another thing he has in common with Darren Korb. And um, looking at his Bandcamp, this is actually part of a bundle, uh, the Monaco slash Gentleman's Private Collection bundle on Bandcamp, and it is free. It's a Name Your Price digital album, and there's a lot of stuff on here, 34 tracks, uh, including a couple that feature some um, pretty prominent uh, YouTube vocal artists, uh, Laura and Travia, Peter Hollins, um, Maluka is on here. So uh, Megaran is actually on here as well. So definitely one to check out. He mentions here that Laura and Travia is half of a, uh, a group or, well, I guess uh, a pair of, of musicians known as The Controversy. So uh, the female half of the controversy. So apparently a uh, guy and a girl. And th that reminds me of a, a group called the Civil Wars that they, they do a lot of like dark folk stuff. And I was really into them a few years back. And she actually reminds me of that kind of that kind of music. So, but yeah, like you said, uh, this is not a genre of music I usually seek out either. But when I come across it, I, I always enjoy it. So. And I, I have played Monaco. Um, I, I kind of got into it after hearing the soundtrack back after it released and really wanting to check out the game that went along with the music. It is a, a stealth-based game for the most part. Um, if you look up the actual like logo for the game, there's eight different characters on it, each with a different color. And you're able to play as all of those eight characters and the the colors kind of correlate with like some of the jobs and, and skills that they have which is kind of cool but um it's a top-down based really game interesting. and okay. it always reminded me of like because the the main objective of the game is to kind of kind of like payday right you're going out and uh, participating in heists, robberies, you know, just trying to get money. And, but it's top down. And, and the, the world, I guess, or if you want to call it a world, I, I called it a board when I played it because it reminded me a lot of like playing Clue to an extent because there's different areas that you kind of go around. Oh, very like, cool. Yeah, there's, you know, different areas of the, like, the the places that you're robbing or the city and that kind of stuff, and it all just kind of was like playing a board game but not really playing a board game. <laughs> um, and it's actually based on an actual place called Monaco. 
Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Which is somewhere I in knew, Europe. Um, yeah, I knew of. Uh, I believe. I want to say it's in Spain, maybe or near Spain. I my geography of Europe. It could very well be like a small country that's like right on the border of something. But yeah, I I have heard of Monaco, and. Uh, I, I just saw this cool little little spiel on Wikipedia that I'm actually just going to read mostly verbatim here. Um, so originally, the developer, uh, who uh, Andy Schatz, the developer, was going to use licensed music, but then he asked uh, Austin to replace some of it with original pieces. And Austin enjoyed doing it so much that eventually he persuaded Schatz that a complete original soundtrack was warranted. Um, he says he was excited by the project because it involved using humorous old old-timey piano uh, saying, when else am I ever going to be asked to write anything remotely like this? <laughs> um, he said, the only thing that, um, that was similar to his previous work is that um, the, the purpose of the soundtrack and the goal of the music was to be able to tell a story through, through sound. So that stays the same across all of his work. But yeah, that is true. yeah definitely hear that old timey piano and that uh, a lot of the music that, you know, this is not a really good example of a lot of the soundtrack with that has the inst- uh, instrumental um, sort of ragtime and um, not necessarily ragtime, but old timey piano styles was uh, a lot of fun to listen to. This is a really great soundtrack. Yeah. I enjoyed this one a lot. And you did mention before we went to this first block that you might uh, talk about your kind of experience diving into Austin Winery's discography. Did you want to still do that? Yeah. So I talked a little about how um, I, like I said, I've known who Wintry was and I wanted to explore some of the work that I hadn't really looked into before. So I didn't listen to the Journey soundtrack because I was already so familiar with it. I almost didn't listen to the Abzu soundtrack, but then one song from it came across that uh, you would have missed out, man. I'm glad you listened to that soundtrack. You would have missed out on some. Well, so I actually have to issue a correction. Abzu is the one game on this list that I have played. Okay. Um, Okay. okay. I've I've only spent a couple of hours in it, so I didn't get too deep, but uh, too deep. We'll get to get there. But (laughs) Abzu is a, is a diving exploration game so that's why that's funny um yeah that one is probably the at, at least it was the one i knew the most of the soundtracks i listened to of course i've heard of like assassin's creed and banner saga and things like that but i really just wanted to kind of let myself sink in to wintry so for like three days this was all i listened to was austin wintry music and i was really really impressed i i obviously i knew that the guy had skill he was getting recognition for a reason um but to hear this guy who i've heard talk about music and talk to other musicians so much to hear what he actually puts on the page and how it sounds when uh you know when it's set to to the instruments was really really impressive and the i'm gonna have more to say i think about the 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 last track than anything else but my my other six tracks all of them sound different and i didn't expect that when i went into austin wintry i kind of expected a lot of it to sound good but similar because i knew what kinds of work I, I had heard from him before and like the journey soundtrack and the abzu soundtrack there were a lot of similarities there because they're both slower more experience based gameplay but when i started hearing some of this other stuff it, it was like a slow 
unveiling of this this composer who I kind of thought I knew, but I just had my mind blown the more I listened. Good. Well, that's why we do this, right? <laughs> it's not just for you guys out there listening. It's for us, too. Absolutely. And it really made me want to want to play some of these games to see how this music is, you know, is used in game. That makes sense. That's why, like I said, that's why I picked up Monaco, because I listened to the soundtrack and heard so much stuff on it. It's like, man, I really want to jump into this and just kind of experience it for myself. So, I mean, you kind of followed the same path I did just several years later. Yep. But, you know, I, uh, I mentioned the banner saga and that is one that i only really know by by name i don't know a whole lot about the series so i'm excited to hear you talk about it when we when we come back from your block because you've got kind of something special coming up here don't you i do and i am a massive fan of the banner saga franchise um i i've played all three of these games to completion i fell in love with the original when it came out and just you know kind of was itching for each sequel to come out as we kind of knew from the start this was going to be a trilogy and the trilogy is over like they're they're probably never going to go back to the banner saga at this point but mm-hmm. i really enjoyed everything about I'm, I'm also a big fan of of norse mythology and that's pretty much what the banner saga encapsulates for for lack of a oh. better word there but awesome um, it, it is it is all about vikings and norse mythology and it's just a really really great experience so for this block coming up, because it, it is a trilogy and because blocks of three, as we do here on VG Mania, I went ahead and just picked one track that I really love from each game and made a block out of it. Very so let's cool. go ahead and get started with No Life Goes Forever Unbroken from the Banner Saga, released January 14th, 2014, and composed, of course, by Austin Wintory.
coming up next, let's go ahead and take a listen to Our Steps to the Night from The Banner Saga 2. This released on April 19th, 2016, and it was composed by Austin Wintory. Last up in this block, we'll go ahead and take a listen to Ruin Beyond the Walls from the Banner Saga 3. This released on July 26, 2018, and again it was composed by Austin Wintory.
Coming back in, we are talking about No Life Goes Forever Unbroken from the Banner Saga, which, like I said, is a trilogy that I just freaking adore, man. So before we talk about the music, let me just talk about the Banner Saga overarching right now, because talking about the Banner Saga 1 is talking about 2 and 3 at the same time, because there's really nothing different between the three games. Two picks up where one left off and then three, you know, just follows suit picking up where two left off. This is a legit trilogy in sequential order and it's highly recommended if you do want to jump into this game to play them from the first one through the third. Now, granted, when you start the third, if you've never played the first two, you are able to kind of like what are some other games that did it? Like, I guess the Telltale series, right? To an extent, um, if you played later games in like the walking dead would give you some like choices you made at the beginning to kind of dictate what type of game you're going to get based on Mm -hmm. choices made in the previous entries so they do have something like that for three as well but not two two you'll miss out on a lot of stuff if you haven't played the first but this is basically an interactive story uh there's not a ton of of gameplay elements here And what there is, is more turn-based combat, kind of, you know, Final Fantasy tactics in nature. And the way that this game was described by the developers when it first came out was just freaking play it. Like, don't worry about if you win. Don't worry about if you lose because the game changes dynamically based on what happens to you while you're playing. If you lose, that changes story elements to the game. And the entire premise behind the Banner Saga is to lead this caravan of of Vikings to an extent, right? In this, like, Viking myth, Norse mythology-inspired world. And there's a lot of bad stuff going on. They're dire straits. It's, It's tough times. And you basically are trying to survive as a clan. And the choices that you make along the way, you know, if you choose to loot a village or don't loot a village if you choose to recruit certain characters that maybe could be detrimental to your clan right because of their viewpoints or just not gelling well together that could lead to some inner turmoil or you know conflicts within your clan and there is permadeath here as well so certain characters and and you never have to worry about permadeath like just in random encounters that you are going through in the game, right? Like, if you lose a battle, you're probably not going to lose a character. But there are story elements and story beats along the way where if you do the wrong thing or you make a bad choice, you're going to end up losing a character that might actually have a pivotal role in two or three later on, but if you lose them in one, well, then you're screwed. (laughs) Um, And I love those choose-your-own adventure style of games, right? That's why I like Telltale so much. That's why I I, I just kind of gravitate toward those games whenever there is something that gives the player choice in how their story unfolds. And it's a big reason why I fell in love with the Banner Saga. Um, I feel like I'm saying that weird, but it's probably just because I don't feel good. The Banner Saga. <laughs> I think I might keep saying Saga for some reason. Yeah, Oops. you said a little bit of Saga there, but I was going to let it go. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm just kind of talking at this point my head's all cloudy but um a big reason why 
I fell in love with this game when it first came out. Now, I did pick it up because of the Viking setting, the Norse mythology, because I'm a big fan of that. That's why I like, um, you know, the more recent Assassin's Creed so much, Valhalla, and why I'm a big fan of the God of War reboot, and why I'm so much looking forward to Ragnarok in November when it comes out. I like Vikings. I always have. I actually like the TV show Vikings as well. I'm a big fan of Vikings. And I picked this up on that premise alone, not knowing the soundtrack was going to be as special as it was. And once I heard the soundtrack, I just fell in love even more. And like I said, we kind of knew this was going to be a trilogy as the first one came out because it it just kind of ends, right? And then when you pick up the second one, you're Mm kind of getting more of the story and same thing with the third. So I really fell in love with this series and going back to talk about... The track that we heard, No Life Goes Forever Unbroken, I feel like this really highlights a lot of what Austin or what makes Austin Wintry so special. This was really cool to listen to. And I actually, the Banner Saga 2 was one of the soundtracks that popped up when I was listening to, you know, full soundtracks. And I really enjoyed it. I definitely got the, the Nordic feel that you were talking about. But I'm glad in the end that I didn't pick anything from it because I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying hearing you talk about this and hearing just how much love you had for the series. And it's really making me want to go and check the games out. I've got to add them to my to my to do list. Uh, while we were listening, I was also reading some really, really cool stuff on Wintry's Bandcamp about these. He has a lot of love for this series. Uh, First of all, I want to mention this was cool, that in all three of the games, um, three, uh, again, pretty famous YouTubers were involved, and I'm not sure if Wintry, like, discovered them through YouTube and then invited them, or if he, like, the fact that he kind of got them on the map is what enabled their YouTubes to take off, probably a little bit of both, but two of the vocalists on all three soundtracks were Peter Hollins and Maluka, once again, and playing violin on all three soundtracks is Taylor Davis. So I definitely um, encourage people to go check out all three of them. I really enjoy their stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I like and Taylor I Davis. I also want to mention, I'm sure that you're going to talk about the, you know, the tracks independently, but that second track also features the work of an Icelandic band that went to refound on YouTube. Um, it, it, it looks really weird when you see it written out. It's pronounced Arstidur. Um, but they were actually the ones who performed the vocals on that second track that you played, Our Steps to yeah. the Left. And we, so. we may as well just jump to that second track because it is my favorite of the block there from that three. I absolutely it was really cool stuff, man. love this track, man. Like, you know, I know it's an Icelandic band and again, it's, it's set in like the, the Viking setting and has that feel to it. But there's also a lot of Gregorian in there as well that I really enjoy. And yeah definitely got that style yeah um this also is a pretty emotional track in my opinion and it it does take place in a in a pretty emotional moment of the game as well um it's really well done yeah i think the banner saga 2 might be my favorite of the of the trilogy like the just in terms of overall story enjoyment and, and what actually happened but um this is just it's such an excellent piece and there's not a ton going on right i think the vocals are the star of this track i mean there's some cool instrumentation in the background but really what you're paying attention to throughout are those vocals yeah what really jumped out to me in in the different tracks were in that first one i was really impressed by i actually even mentioned to you the winds uh, the woodwinds and it it made me realize just 
uh, of course, I kind of realized this subconsciously, but it really came to the forefront of my mind that what separates Wintry from a lot of other video game music composers is that with a lot of the guys that we grew up listening to, some of them might have been musicians like Tim Fallon definitely knew his way around real instruments and had played in bands and stuff, but it was in pop music which is an art form all its own but there's a there's a degree of complexity that you can't get in a rock band that is just inherently there in an orchestra because of the number of different people and the number of different types of instruments that are employed um and those guys that we grew up listening to were basing their music in usually in different things or they were using more limited sound fonts and so the music was necessarily more simple because of that. This is a composer who grew up with film score and studying classical music and he really knows his way around the orchestra like the way that he can use the woodwinds here and the horns here and then bring up the percussion here it's 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 like an artist painting with different brushes and different colors and you know different shades uh, to catch catch the light he just he really knows how to use the orchestra as a whole instrument and his understanding of complex musical ideas like how and when to use dissonance there were some really really sweet moments of dissonance in the first and second tracks especially um meaning just very briefly you know harmony is when you play two notes at once and they sound nice together dissonance is when you play two notes at once and they don't sound nice together <laughs> like if you go to a piano and you play a c and an f that's a perfect fifth it sounds good it sounds almost triumphant if you play a c and a d uh, I, I said a fifth that's a third but anyway same thing if you play a c and a d um that is a major second doesn't sound quite as good if you play a C and a C sharp it's really really jarring but Wintery knows that sometimes you need to be jarred sometimes that dissonance lends itself to the story he's trying to tell with the music and he he uses it really really well that's actually a common compliment that I see about Austin Wintry a lot when kind of seeing what other people think about his work is that he's able to take instruments that you normally wouldn't think would be paired well together and make it just work. Well, I mean, he's got a freaking didgeridoo in, in all three of these tracks. <laughs> a didgeridoo playing Norse music. Um, by the way, quick shout outs. The Dallas Winds are the ensemble that played the Banner Saga 1 soundtrack. So shout out to the home team there. Uh, he actually, uh, the Colorado Symphony, he actually got to conduct them in his hometown while he was recording the Banner Saga 2 music, which is really, really cool. That is really cool. That is really cool. And then we go into the third track. Man, the third track. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The uh, you know when comparing just these three tracks in this block from the Banner Saga franchise, probably the most epic feeling, right? In terms of mm -hmm. the way the horns were used, the way the drums were used, it definitely you know you you get more of a. I don't know the right word to use, but you get uh, epics, not the right word to use, but you get that more. It's it's grand. Is I was going to say grandiose. And That's kind of where I was yeah, going. Grandiose. Yeah. That yeah. word that word came to me as well. Yeah. It this one reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings music. That might be because Howard I'm Shore, watching the Lord of the Rings yeah. movies with my uh, my third kid right now. 
and just started the uh, the Rings of Power show on Amazon, and especially the Mordor music that has that big blasting horn in it. That's probably what made me think of, of Lord of the Rings is he's got that. And I can't tell what it is because I'm looking at the list of instruments here on Bandcamp. Uh, this was performed by the London Studio Orchestra, but there's not a horn that I recognize at least that would make that sound. Uh, the didgeridoo doesn't have, th- doesn't sound like a brass instrument. Uh, the trumpet and the French horn aren't nearly big enough. I'm guessing it's either the berry sax or there are two instruments I'm not super familiar with here. The bass sarusophone and the buka horn. Um, again, like you said, using instruments that <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily think to use together. Right. But, <laughs> And he's got he's got French horn, he's got berry sax, he's got accordion, didgeridoo, and a freaking book of horn on this soundtrack. It's it's insane and it's brilliant and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's pretty freaking incredible just kind of hearing it all come together and, and this particular track from three, Ruin Beyond the Walls. I think three probably has the like the bleakest story. I mean, right? It's the it's the it's the outcome. It's the final in the I trilogy. And yeah. if you make some terrible choices along the way, well, then your game's not going to end triumphantly or spectacularly, right? It's gonna it's gonna be a, a, a disaster for your clan. And I think a lot of what the the Banner Saga three soundtrack does is portray that well. And you you kind of hear that in this particular. And even looking at the artwork for the you know the track as we watched it on YouTube while, while chatting about it like there's definitely a somber tone in everything that's portrayed yeah yeah for sure this was a really cool block man it, it's it's not often that we get to feature uh, a series like this in in a single block of music uh, from you know from a single composer and the story that these three tracks told I know that you I tried you no I actually just did. I, tr- I, I did but I also tried to like tell a a mini story with these three tracks. I legit, that was my, my intent. <laughs> well, you did a great job, man. That's, I always try to do that when I, when I pair, when I do any kind of playlist, but, but you did a really, really great job because I, I could tell that these three, if they hadn't been curated specifically, then just by accident, you had picked a really great, great trio, but no, you, it was, it's great. Very nice choices. Granted, these are three of my favorite tracks from each of the games, but they do go really well together. And I had several that I was leaning toward for three specifically but i went with this one because i thought it was a good conclusion after the first and second track we played yeah and i mean i um from the i mentioned i had only listened to the banner saga 2 soundtrack i had on my short list a track called minds like streams and streams like minds and um it, it's a slower one it's not vocal but it's got a really really nice feel to it and see the banner saga 2 uh when i first sat down to put together my playlist that was the one that i knew for sure i was going with was was our steps to the night like it's one of my favorite pieces austin winery's ever done well very nice choice very cool all right well if we're ready to move into my next block um, we are going to give us a little bit of whiplash here. Uh, I guess this first track in my next block sounds, you know, it's it's definitely bleak. Um, if you've played this game, you'll be able to shed some light onto it, but I, I can kind of tell what type of game this is. I actually uh, haven't, but, but it's one that I really, really want to play. 
Um, yeah, it seems it's, like it's, one it's an interactive movie. Kyle basically. would talk about. Yeah, yeah it's an interactive on... movie. <laughs> okay, okay, very cool. And but yeah, just be warned. This block uh, goes back and forth a lot with the music, but it's uh, again it really showcases a lot of Wintery's range, and I'm excited to get into it. So. Uh, starting off my second block of music, we are going to listen to Is That Her from Erica, released August 19th, 2019, composed once again by Austin Wintry. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Next up, we're going to take a listen to Larry Reloaded from Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded, released June 27, 2013, and as everything else is on the playlist, composed by Austin Wintry.
closing out my second block of music, we're going to listen to Balenoptera Musculus from Abzu, released August 2nd, 2016, and composed by Austin Wintry.
right, coming back from my second block of music, we are first talking about Is That Her from Erica. And man, I knew that you would enjoy this track. <laughs> yeah, I love this, man. Probably, like you said when we were listening to it, right, the most... Uh, atmospheric or ambient type of mm-hmm. piece that we're going to hear on the show today, right? But yeah, it, it doesn't do a whole lot as far as like melody or like, you know, it, I, I say often that this track really goes places. This track doesn't go many places. It knows the place it's in and it sits in that place and just vibes. <laughs> right. It, it does what it's meant to do, man. And this is a game that is very much in my wheelhouse of stuff that I enjoy, right? I was telling you while we were listening to it, when I first saw the trailers and the release videos of Erica when it first got unveiled, it reminded me a lot of what Quantic Dream has put out in the industry to date, such as Heavy Rain or Beyond Two Souls or Detroit Become Human but even more so because it's a full motion video style game uh, what, what Sam Barlow does with games like Her Story or Telling Lies or more recently the critically acclaimed Immortality which is getting rave reviews everywhere and I can't wait to jump in I just haven't had a chance to yet I've always had Erica on my radar and it's on my playlist for whenever I get around to it but for whatever reason I've just I don't even own it yet like I've never picked it up And it is something that, I mean, heck, at this point, I'm kind of hoping it just gets added to the PlayStation Plus, like, premium or extra catalog at some point, so I can just play it and not have to buy it. But when I do get some free time, it is something that I do still plan to pick up, because I love this style of game. And I know, because all this is is making choices throughout the game, right? You're just kind of dictating the character here, Erica uh, Erica Mason, who's played by Holly Earl. Um, you're, you're basically just kind of picking what she does and where she goes and, and what happens to her throughout by the choices that you make. But those are games, much like the Banner Saga, what we just talked about in that last block. I love that style of game. And this track gave me freaking, like, just super emotional vibes. I I really want to know exactly what's going on in this narrative. Yeah, you can really tell something's going on. And I want to give a shout out the um, on the band camp that uh, this album, by the way, is it seems like most of his music is four dollars on Bandcamp, either that or or free. Um, But he always lists the instrumentalists on his Bandcamp list, which I think is really cool. And a lot of times that that stuff's hard to find. So it's good that he does. Yeah, that really, really deep note that you hear partway through this track is played by the contrabass clarinet, which if you if you're in band, if you've ever been in band, then, you know, there's a bass clarinet, which just looks like kind of like a saxophone, but skinnier um, and longer. The contrabass clarinet, just picture the bass clarinet, but twice the size. Uh, There's a picture on YouTube of this guy who looks like, you know, average height. He's like six feet or something like that, holding a contrabass clarinet sideways. And it is as wide as he is tall. This (laughs) thing is capable of playing in registers lower than a tuba. So (laughs) really, really cool instrument. And uh, as we've talked about before, uh, used to really great effect by Austin Wintry, the performer on that on this sound track is a guy named Andrew Leonard so really cool really cool short little composition here yeah definitely not is that the shortest one we played today I think it might actually be uh, no maybe. your Assassin's Creed track it, no. was a little bit shorter Yep, my Assassin's Creed track was a little shorter and the next track that we're going to be talking about which is also very different tonally is also a little bit shorter 
Um, next up, we listened to Larry Reloaded from Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded. Now, this track was not actually composed by Wintery. Uh, it was originally released for the Tandy, an old, uh, you know, old computer. And the melody was originally composed by Al Lowe in 1987. But and actually, that's what you hear for the first eight bars of the track. But then it opens up into Wintery's big band rendition Freaking of the theme, amazing. which is really awesome. Just starting off with these amazing like jazz hand trumpets, just really, really cool. And it's only a minute and a half long, but it's man, there's so much music packed into this. Yeah, this is definitely a very recognizable track. Like when we first started listening to it, I even said to you, oh, it literally is just the main theme of Leisure Suit Larry just kind of redone in this big band style. And I have not played a lot of the Leisure Suit Larry games. I know this is a, a franchise that Frank is a massive fan of, but I never really got sucked in too much. I have played a you're surprised yeah exactly <laughs> i uh i've not i've played a couple of them but not nearly all of them and reloaded is not one that i actually have played before but this freaking this is just this is incredible man i really enjoyed this a lot it's very fun yeah apparently uh one of the first kickstarted major kickstarted games um and yeah, this one, this one was really cool. Uh, we actually, the video I have for this is from Wintry's channel, and it is one of those as-noted videos, and he's got some some cool comments. And like I said, the score kind of scrolls along the screen as, as you go. So for anybody who likes, you know, music and cheap music and all that stuff, it's it really is a treasure trove of that. I could go on a really, really deep dive of this as-noted series. Uh, I like that those videos actually tell you, like, you know, this is the first alto saxophone. This is the second, right? And, like, what each one is doing. Like, I really enjoy that a lot. Yeah, and, and I want to give a quick shout-out because it is so rare that we have this kind of um, information on the Bandcamp for this soundtrack, which is actually free on uh, on Bandcamp. He lists out the... Um, the, the main musicians really want to give a shout out to this trumpet section uh, Javier Gonzalez Mitchell Cooper Brandon Phillips and Connor McElwain because man the trumpets on this are just going so hard oh yeah this definitely star of the track yeah super unique track compared to everything else we've had on the list not just because you know it wasn't originally composed by Wintry but just because of the type of music it is um, really really cool stuff and I was glad I stumbled across this one yeah, I am too man I'm glad you picked this because it's probably not something I would have picked Yep, but now uh, to take another right cool, turn uh, into the the one game that I have played on the playlist tonight. Rounding out my second block, we listened to very scientifically named track. Uh, <laughs> Balenoptera musculus is uh, as close as I can come to pronouncing this, but it's from the game Abzu. And I was telling you the reason I picked this track is because more uh, more than any other track I listened to from this soundtrack. The feeling you get listening to this piece of music is the feeling that you get playing this game. It starts off, you know, with this slow, beautiful, um, just you can tell you're underwater when you hear this. Yeah. But then partway into it, it just opens up into this full, bright, just it, it's... It just feels so good. And that's the feeling that I got playing this game. Yeah. So I came into Abzu knowing 
that Austin Wintory was doing the soundtrack for this game and knowing yeah, that same. it had a lot of similarities to Journey from that game company that he composed for. And yeah, I was, a, it was from the same, a lot of the same team was involved in this. Correct. Correct. And I was a massive fan of Journey, as we'll get to here in the next block. But Abzu was very, very similar in gameplay, right? Told without any dialogue. Um, just through the gameplay itself and by exploration, which is all Journey was as well. And I mean, I'm listening to the track again as we talk about it. And when those vocals kick in at around like the minute 40 second mark, I got goosebumps again just now listening to it. It's and not really even vocals, right? It's just more in the background and kind of like choir based. But man, is it is it really, really, really strong. But I got lost in this game for so long, man, just kind of exploring this underwater ecosystem and and kind of piecing together what the game was trying to tell you as you find these you know buried technologies and various things that you're kind of finding in this ocean it's such a cool freaking game dude it's such a cool game yeah and I didn't get as deep into the game um, as I probably would have I tend not to spend I don't know, a whole lot of time on different games. Um, I'll kind of dip my toe in, pun intended, uh, to different experiences and then sort of come back out. But this is one that is always on on my desktop to like jump into if I just need to kind of relax and chill out. And this this track, though, um, the more I listen to it, it, it really, and a lot of Wintery's music does this, but this track really bears repeat listening. Uh, there's just some really, really beautiful oboe and flute in this track uh, over the orchestra. And it, again, it's it really showcases Wintery's ability to tell a story through not just the notes on the page, but the instruments that he chooses and how he is able to coax performances out of those um, those performers. This is just really, really masterful stuff. It really is, man. And I actually reviewed this way back in 2016 because we are RPGera.com now, but we used to be leveled on games.com. And when we first started, this is actually one of the original reviews that we put up on the website when we first got going. So this one definitely is special to me for, for that reason as well. And I always liked that Abzu was kind of based around the Sumerian mythology and cosmic ocean myth because I'm a big fan of that stuff too. Yeah, and, and you don't see that explored a lot at all in games. And so that's, it's really cool. And Wintry's ability to jump between different different musical traditions is also something that's really really cool and what he's able to pull from uh when it, whether he's doing norse stuff or you know like um victorian london style music or uh you know an american jazz scene yeah we really went all over the place in, in terms of yeah. chronological timelines didn't we on this episode yeah definitely and 
it's just it's just really cool uh the more we talk about him and the more i listen to this stuff just the more and more impressed i am with uh with what Austin Wintry was able to do through all this music. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I'm glad you enjoyed this episode. I was hoping you would. Like, I, I know I picked the the composer for this one and kind of set you off on a journey, but I'm glad you ended up falling in love with it. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of journeys, that was, oh, uh, look that at was that. nice. Um, look at I that. am ready to Didn't even mean take to. a journey through this uh, this really meaty block that you've got coming up. Yeah, this is our lengthiest block of the episode, and Bedroth and I, because we always listen to the closeout as well, we have about a... Uh, a 20 minute listening session here to get through if not <laughs> if not longer but i'm i'm really excited to get to this block because i feel like it has you know his most well known game in it right but also some really Absolutely. cool sounding stuff and at the end, a track that I'm really excited for you to hear because I know you haven't heard it yet. So I'm really excited for you yeah. to hear this. But let's go ahead and jump into this. Let's kick things off with Atonement from Journey, released on March 13th, 2012, composed by Austin Wintery.
Next up, we have Rizarin Rogue from Absolver. This released on August 29th, 2017, composed by Austin Wintory.
Our last track before we close out the episode, let's go ahead and take a listen to Elysium from John Wick Hex. This released on October 8th, 2019, composed by Austin Wintory.
coming back in, we are talking about atonement from Journey. Like I said, when we went to the uh, to this block 20 plus minutes ago, well, I guess technically not because we haven't listened to the playout yet on the actual episode, but 15 <laughs> plus minutes ago, uh, yep. this is definitely Austin's most well-known composition. And you and I had a, a really interesting discussion about this game while we were listening to this track because I really do feel like Journey was in the right place at the right time for it to just be as special as it was. There's a reason that I fell in love with it when it first came out, because we had never seen something like this before, right? And there's a big reason so many copycat games popped up after it released, and so many other developers took elements of gameplay that that game company did for Journey and kind of implemented it into their own games after this came came out because it was very original, right? Like we had never seen something like that before. And to really appreciate and fall in love with this music. And you were saying, right? Like the music is, is gorgeous. It really is like there, there's yeah, a lot to it's, love it's about it for, for what it's trying to do. And as a part of this, the magical whole that journey was, it is, you know, it's perfect. It's exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. But to really appreciate it and to really connect with it, experiencing it the way that it was meant to be experienced by playing the game and seeing what's going on in the narrative. And again, this is another game, much like Abzu, that isn't told through dialogue, right? It's told through the exploration and the cutscenes and just what is happening as you progress through the game. And kind of hearing how the music fits with all that is what makes a lot of it so special. Well, and like the most famous performance of this soundtrack was done along with video of the game being played that went along with the music that that the that the orchestra was playing. Correct. So even in that performance, it's like we recognize that this music is really married to this game. It's all it's hard to really separate the two. And this was the soundtrack that actually got Austin his uh, Grammy nomination. He didn't win, but it is the one that got him his Grammy nomination. Yeah, and I believe that that was the first time a video game soundtrack had been nominated it for was. a Grammy. Yeah, which, again, is just Austin's just out there, man, just transcending everything, right? Like, he, he really is special in the modern era of composers for, for video games. Like, he really is something just unique and beyond special. Yeah, I mean, set the stage for Baba Yetu from Civ Six uh, years later winning the, or Civ Four winning the Grammy for, um, you know, for its category. And then this year, um, it, 8-Bit Big Band, I believe it was, released um, a song that uh, won a Grammy as well. So, Well, aren't they going to be now starting next year, including uh, like an actual video game soundtrack yes. category? Yeah, that is what I heard. And yeah, all, all that, the uh, the stage for all of that was set by Boston Wintry's work on Journey. Yeah, so. which is just incredible. This entire soundtrack, like I said, it, it's really special, uh, more so if you've played the game, but even standalone, it, it's hard not to appreciate and it's hard not to feel emotional when listening to it like that's another thing that Austin Wintry is just really really strong at is pulling out those emotions with his compositions absolutely yeah um, I'm, it's hard to believe I haven't used this word yet on this episode because I use it a lot but um, evocative you know is the word that comes to mind he can yeah. 
he can really um, make you feel um, exactly what he wants you to feel with with his music and again the way that he uses the different instruments and uses his talent um, and his understanding of how music works and I mentioned to you when we were listening that the, the soundtrack to Journey isn't one that I will seek out when I really want to like listen attentively to something because that's that's not what it was designed to be a lot of the other work we've listened to especially coming off of that track from abzu um you can listen to that having never played the game at all and get so much out of it even on repeat listens with a lot of the journey soundtrack when i listen to it i find myself zoning out and that's not a knock against the score because the design of the score again is to draw you into the experience of playing the game and uh but because of that sometimes when i hear journey on a podcast for example i kind of i i it's it soaks into me but i don't really come away from it with a conscious memory of what i just listened to <laughs> if that makes any sense that makes total sense i get it i get it <laughs> that was a good a good way to a good way to put it i definitely get it your next track though man started us really talking about again about Wintry's eclectic. There's another uh, bingo word for those of y'all playing out there. BG, uh, BG Media bingo. Yeah, we really, we really need to put of one of those cards together, like the words they say the most. Because I say eccentric yeah. a lot as well. <laughs> yep, eccentric for sure. And I think both of those adjectives could be used to describe the instrument choice on the soundtrack to Absolver. Yeah, which is another game that... So my last two games in this block, I have not played. I have not played Absolver, and I have not played um, the one we're going to talk about next. But I'm actually a little shocked I never did play Absolver because it was published by Devolver Digital, and, and Kyle and I are, are massive fans. You know, Kyle from the Maximal Podcast and, of course, the Media Files, which you will be on soon, talking about the, uh, the new... What is it? House of the Dragon? Yeah. The, the Game the, of Thrones the, type the, stuff? Uh, House of the Dragon. House yes. of the Dragon. Yeah, you'll be on that episode with him a little later. I, I, I think that might be this month, um, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, probably next month. I think he said eight weeks for that one because I think that's how many episodes are supposed to be in this first season. Um, I'm three episodes in and enjoying it so far, but I'll save the rest of that for that conversation but yeah but yeah yeah so you'll be on that later but kyle and i are big fans of devolver digital and basically anything that they published mm-hmm. but i know both he and i did not ever jump into absolver and it is i think oriented as as an action rpg but more so kind of lies in the combat of the game because a lot of it is is you know customizing your fight style and in the way that you interact with the enemies through the world it always looked cool but I never did just kind of jump in but listening to the soundtrack and prep for this episode a lot of it is more atmospheric and, and ambient in nature but what I really liked about this particular track here Risen Rogue is it goes so many places with so many different instrumentations and, and it takes you on like a mini journey just in the 5 minutes and 16 seconds that it lasts yeah it's it really is it's um it's actually a nice precursor to the closeout track I had because, like you said, it, it does go a lot of different places, and we we've heard that in in some of the other tracks we've listened to. Um, the the first Banner Saga track you played actually is kind of the same. He packs a lot into that three minutes, and Winter's use, Winter's use of the idea of movements in his songs. It's like you have this part, and then you have this part, then you have this part. It almost sounds like it was written to be part of 
of a symphony. Right. But, you know, it wasn't. I mean, in some cases, he might have, like, taken different things that you experience in different areas of the game because of... Uh, um, what is the term for like the you know music that can that can change as you go into different um, like areas of a level? There's a specific specific term I'm thinking of, but um, adaptive maybe adaptive music. Um, dynamic. Sometimes I uh, dynamic is another one. Yeah, um, but it's you know it's like if you're in this part of this world, then this will play. But then when you go over here, some of the instruments might drop out and be replaced with other instruments. Something like that. Sometimes he will have music that's like that, and then when he releases the soundtrack version of it, he'll like put them together in sort of a cohesive whole. So I'm not sure if this is something like that, but you know, the music fits the game, but it also can be heard as a really complex piece of piece of composition. Yeah. Kaichi Okabe is really good at that too. Like talking, maybe going back to like Nier Automata's soundtrack because each version of the track has like a high mid low version where depending on what yeah. you're doing in the world, it plays a different track more or less. It's the same track just with maybe more, more bass or, you know, more instrumentation in certain areas. Like each one is slightly different though. It's quite the same at the same time. So that might be kind of spot on to what this particular soundtrack and this track in general is actually doing here because we're, we're taken on so many different areas and movements that I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going on. I've, again, I've not played this game, but I do like this track a lot. And it reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, even though it is not that spooky, right? I guess it's not that spooky, but it reminds me a lot of what you would hear maybe in like a horror movie as we get closer to October. Yeah, and there are definitely parts of it that are that have that spooky element to it. It it feels like I mean you mentioned this is like a combat driven game, and of course uh, I, I, you hear combat compared to to dance, especially choreographed combat, and you can feel that sort of movement, that interplay in in this track as well. Yep, so I agree. Yeah, very and cool then choice. The last track that I had was from John Wick Hex, and the name of it was. Dude. Elysium. And I was excited for you to hear that. So, so what'd you think? <laughs> I loved this, man. It's like, you know, we've had a couple of different tracks on the playlist that really, really stand out in their uniqueness. Uh, that track from Monaco, um, the Leisure Suit Larry track, of course. And then this one was a really, really nice way to to finish out the, the main blocks of, or, you know, the main body of music that we have here. Because, man, this is just so different from everything else. And yet again, it's fantastic. You know, it just showcases Wintery's skill, no matter what genre and what, what instruments, he can just, he really can bring it home and he can add so much to the story and the, the, the theme and the tone of a game with his soundtracks. Yep. He's mixing elements of dubstep with elements of synth wave and retro wave. There's, there's so much going on. And I mean, John Wick is, is kind of, I mean... It, for all intents and purposes, it basically is rooted in that like synthwave retrowave style. Anyway, like you look at the character, you look at the art style, you look at the, yeah. the art palette that's used for even the films and the game. It, it just has that tone and that setting. 
um, this is not one that I've ever played, but um, it is something that I am very aware of because it was developed by Bithel Games, which is owned by Mike Bithel. And to tie it all together, Mike Bithel is the one of the main co-hosts of Play, Watch, Listen, which we've talked about before oh. on this show with Alana Pierce and Troy Baker and Austin Winter. There you go. <laughs> so the four of them are on there Play, Watch, go. Listen. All right. Yeah. Well, this is another track that if um, I'm sure that he uh, he's not, uh, if he ever did, but if Yuzo Koshiro is listening, I'm sure that he would enjoy this track. Oh, it's, yeah. This is right up, his ar- right up his alley, dude. Right up his alley for sure. Um, this is probably one of my favorite tracks on the episode. I, I can't say for certain that it's my absolute favorite. I, I just... This is the, it's really the style, hard. We've right? We've so much I different know. stuff. I know. It's hard to choose. <laughs> but this is the type of music that I tend to listen to a lot, right? Like, I really mm-hmm. connect with synthwave and retrowave a lot. Like, you know, I, I have it on my Spotify pretty much ongoing every single day that I'm at work or just doing stuff around the house or even playing games when I don't have, like, if it's a game that I know doesn't really have a soundtrack that needs to be listened to, such as maybe, like, a sports game or something like you know I've recently recently been playing Saints Row on the PlayStation 5 the reboot and that game doesn't really have any original music in it it's all just kind of like Grand Theft Auto where it's radio stations with with licensed music in it licensed stuff yeah now now granted there is a synthwave radio station in Saints Row which is dope and the only radio station that I listen <laughs> to in that game but there's only so many songs and you know eventually it starts to loop so I tend to just put my own music on through Spotify on the PS5 while I'm playing and listen to my own synthwave retrowave artists that I really enjoy, like the Midnight or FM84 or LeBrock, uh, Dance with the Dead. You know, we've used them pretty often for some of our content. Occam's Laser, which we still use for our content. I really enjoy that kind Man, of stuff a lot. awesome band name. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this track is another one, though, that, like you mentioned before, it, it goes a couple of different places. Um, I really like the second half of the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, it switches where, in the middle, yeah. Yeah, it gets into kind of a shuffle, almost a shuffle kind of beat, and it's it sounds a little sinister. It sounds dangerous. It's like this is the stealth part where he's, like, sneaking through the back alleys. It's it's really, really cool. Yep, I enjoyed this one a lot, and I'm glad you did, too. I was excited for you to hear it, especially when I asked you if you explored the soundtrack at all and prepped for this episode, and you said you hadn't, so... I was excited nope, for you to this hear one this completely one. completely slipped under my radar. Well, good. I'm glad when that happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you are excited to talk about our closeout track. Man, um, so like I said, I listened to the uh, full soundtracks of, of a lot of these, these games. And for the most part, I tried to stay away from songs that were really long. I knew that there would be, or I, I thought that there might be quite a few of them on the playlist. And actually, most of mine ended up being pretty short. But, you know, Wintry has these big sweeping um, pieces like the ones featured in, in your last block. And then I got to the Pathless, and f- I didn't know anything about this game. Um, the soundtrack was, um, it was part of, again, Wintry's As Noted series, and so I would occasionally look up from my work when I heard something interesting, and I would see a comment about one of the songs, and I kind of got to know a little bit about the game and, and, and the plot and some of what goes on, and so I was really intrigued by that. And then I got to this, which is, the, I believe, the second to last track on the soundtrack. And I kept looking up, thinking I had moved on to a different song. But no, it was still part of this the same 
epic tune, The Path to Salvation from The Pathless. And at the end, I heard one part of the song that just clinched it for me. I was like, I have not heard anything else on this soundtrack that hit me the way that this hits me. And so I have this nine minute epic (laughs) (laughs) like symphony game symphony that we're going to be closing out the show with. And uh, I really encourage everybody not just to listen to the end because it's, it's amazing, but like any good piece of, um, of complex orchestral music, it bears repeat listening and you really need to go look up the pathless, the path to salvation as noted Austin Wintry or just just the path of salvation as noted, Austin Wintry. And you'll see what we've been talking about where the whole score goes by. And just look at some of the instruments that are featured on this track and Everything. listen to how every, they're used. Every instrument that's ever been made is in this track. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got Tibetan throat singing in here. Um, you've got really, really awesome vocals. Um, but then you've got things like the nickel harpa, the bansuri. You have bamboo flutes and tin whistles. You have the ode, the lute, the sitar. Um, uh, the viol de gamba, the contrabassoon, a baritone violin, and then to top it all off, not in this track, but in the soundtrack, you have the bass kazoo performed by the composer himself, Austin Wintry. <laughs> but man, I, I'm not going to say a whole lot. This track, when I mean, you talk about things going places um, and taking you on a musical journey, this track is the epitome of that. It oh, yeah. has several different movements in it. You feel like it's over and that it's not quite over. Um, really, really great stuff. And, and I can't wait for y'all to hear it. Make sure you stick around and listen to the whole thing. This is a game that I have played. It came out on launch day for PS5. I did pick it up when it came out just to have another title to play. And I, I tend to go overboard when a new console releases and I tend to get a large portion of whatever titles are available on day one. And this is one that I was really excited to get into because it's very unique. You move about the world by shooting at these targets, which kind of um, keep your stamina filled up. So that way you can continue to run around the world. And if you run out of stamina, you start moving really slow and you have to rebuild your stamina back up by either shooting these targets or, you know, taking place in the actual combat that is within the game. Now, this is a game that I've never finished i need to go back and actually finish it i'm probably five or six hours into it if i'm remembering correctly but it's been a while since i actually played it it's probably i probably stopped playing it maybe two or three months after the ps5 came out and then just for whatever reason something else came out and like what tends to happen to me i didn't go back to it so this track we're going to listen to i definitely feel that (laughs) this track we're going to listen to is actually the the final boss music so i've not heard it before this and i was freaking blown away dude like this is just like you were saying the the amount of instruments that are in this track and it's it shouldn't work but it does <laughs> it should exactly exactly man it, it's just uh, I, this must be one hell of a boss fight <laughs> like i can't imagine yeah I, what that's what i'd say like now that here. i've heard this it's like i need to go back and finish it because i need to know what the mm-hmm. the heck is going on <laughs> and to stop myself from using yeah. the word i wanted to use <laughs> and uh, I mentioned to you while we were listening that this is this could be 
the the final movement of a modern uh, or a postmodern classical symphony. Absolutely. Like this is the current state of classical music right here. Um, as much as anything done by John Williams or or Howard Shore or any of the actual you know quote unquote actual classical composers out there working today, this would stand shoulder to shoulder with any of them and stand up to 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 scrutiny. Um, yeah, that's really that's really all I all I need to say about it. It's <laughs> it's so good. This is another game also um, by Giant Squid, uh, the developers of Journey and Abzu. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. This has been an absolute freaking blast, dude. I am glad that we focused on Austin Wintery today. And just before we get on out of here, like kind of scanning through all of the films that he's worked on, I'm not really super familiar with any of them. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 the Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown is on here. <laughs> I, I can't believe he did the music to that. But that's um, hilarious. I really want to hear him compose for a film that is on the same level as, as what you would see from a John Williams or a Howard Shore, right? Like, I want to see Austin Winery attached to some big blockbuster film just to see what happens because I know he'd absolutely kill it. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You know what I think he could do really well with what he's able to do with games like this that have almost like a constructed mythology. Um, if there's ever a film adaptation of Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn series, okay. Wintry would knock that one out of the park. Yeah. Let's uh, let's make that happen. Or just anything like that. Just anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> Oh, man, another long one looking at the recording time. Now, granted, you know, we'll get rid of about nine minutes of that for the last track that we listened to and and all the silence that gets taken away as we listen to it. But this was another (laughs) lengthy episode. So I appreciate all of you sticking around and and really going on this journey. So I did there. I did that one on purpose. (laughs) Going on this journey with us for for Austin Wintry's music. This has been an absolute joy. And I'm glad we finally focused on him. I am, too, man. I'm I got to say I was I was a little bit like nervous isn't the right word for it but I wasn't sure what to expect coming into this because I feel like when I think of modern symphonic composers game composers like Austin Wintry that tends to not be the kind of music I usually get that excited about which which is weird because I grew up with orchestral music like I love this stuff and yet, when I think about game music, I guess even after all this time, I still kind of pigeonhole it as retro game music. Right. And this episode completely blew my mind and surpassed all my expectations. And if anybody, you know, needs proof that this kind of stuff can be just as exciting and just as engaging as anything that you're nostalgic for from the 80s and 90s this episode should be proof yeah man that's a good way to uh that's a good note to end it on i can't say it any better myself (laughs) (laughs) that is that that pretty much comes full circle and and really highlights what i said at the beginning he's really special and he really is one of my favorite modern composers in terms of video game music just because of everything that he's been able to do and kind of sets the the pace and tone for classical music and and you know orchestral music in the modern scene it's really freaking cool all right man well i think that's going to do it for this episode unless you have anything else you want to plug or mention before we get on out of here uh 
No, I don't think so. Not yet. I think that after the next episode, because you're not with me next week. That. Yeah, I think you're not with me next week. We're going to do a, a spotlight episode on a on a recent release. I don't think you're going to be on that one. That's with me, but you, right. That's but you, right. But you'll be yeah. back in in two weeks for a normal themed episode. I will be back in two weeks, and I'm going to have something to plug. Then um, want to talk about the next episode in the movie bar. But um, I, I guess, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I am wrapping up very good music. And the last four episodes that we're doing are all kind of thematic for like an ending, uh, an end game, I guess, in, in a podcast run. Uh, we just did Last Levels. Uh, that was the, the show that, again, dropped today as we record. And the next one should be coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, so... If you haven't checked the show out, um, you know, it's a weird time to say jump in because <laughs> there's a, you know, like a 70 odd episode backlog. But uh, there's some cool stuff. And I feel like these last few episodes are really going to be some of the best sounding ones that we do. So um, if you want to engage there, you can find more information on my Twitter uh, at VGM pod. You can also just search very good music VGM podcast and you'll find the episodes and the YouTube and all that stuff. So good stuff. All right. Well, that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We do want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow this show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Speaking of engagement, click it, join it, and interact with us. Bedroth, what are we closing out with? Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to The Path to Salvation from The Pathless, released November 12th, 2020, and composed by the star of today's show, Austin Wintry. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.
Israel.